Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It's time to grab your cup of coffee or your tea and to sit back and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above us for today, for the week, and what a doozy of a week. Now, if you had asked me to predict how this solar eclipse, the impending solar eclipse was going to work out, I'm not sure that I would have chosen the things that happened starting on Saturday. And uh, let me just say that my heart goes out to everybody who's been affected or impacted in Palestine or in uh, Israel. It's horrible the situation that they find themselves in. And of course, it is all in keeping with the astrology, interestingly enough. So this morning, I thought we would take some time to look at what some of this energy is that we're talking about. You know, the the biggest aspect, I guess, or signature of this particular time period was something that we were going to take up starting today, and that is Mars in a square to Pluto which is activated as of yesterday. But as you all know, because you talk to me every Monday and Friday morning, that these aspects happen sometimes up to a week before and then, you know, are waxing to the point where it gets exact. And then you have a few days of exact or a day or two, depending on the planets, and then it's waning aspect. So when we're talking about Mars squaring Pluto, it was exact on Sunday, yesterday, but we were already feeling the impact of that a day or two ahead of time. So even up to maybe last Thursday or Friday, depending again on your own astrology chart, your own sign. But when we're looking at the impact of an aspect like that in the face of everything else that is happening or will happen this week, against the backdrop of the uh, greater wider world, it is not surprising then to find that we have an attack going on, that we have a major earthquake that has again created a lot of loss of life in a country that didn't have the uh, ability to build to earthquake standards, let's say, like the country of the of Japan and how the USA and other Western worlds, other countries around the ring of fire, for example, prepare. And crazy, crazy, right? It's been a crazy weekend. So I want to talk a little bit about this because we already had the inkling that an attack could have been coming. Something big was brewing. We never really know exactly where that's going to come from. We just don't like we can look at this. We can go Mars is a planet of attack. It's a war uh, kind of God. God, it is a I mean, a planet that of, of war. It is warrior energy, aggressive, assertive, masculine energy, masculine energy pushes out and does action. Right. Dynamic forward momentum of some sort. Pluto. The other planet involved here is kind of the scheming that is going on behind the scenes. And I use the word scheming kind of deliberately because it was pretty obvious that in the attack, there had been something going on long before the actual attack occurred on Saturday. And when you look at that, then you also can feel if you sense or if you kind of look deeper that there's something more to it 
than what meets the eye, right? And so I've been thinking about this, like it kept me awake at times last night, thinking about this whole thing and how it plays out in the astrology. We have Pluto in Capricorn and at the later degrees of Capricorn, finishing a cycle because it's already toe dipped into Aquarius and then he retrograded backwards into um, Capricorn and he turns direct this week, tomorrow in Capricorn on Wednesday, excuse me. No, that's tomorrow, tomorrow to the 10th uh, in Capricorn to head back forward or head forward again into Aquarius energy. And it is not unusual when Pluto is stationing at the last degrees of a sign to feel major impacts of that sign. And Capricorn is a sign that rules the government. It rules the institutions of which the military is an institution, right? Um, all of the things, the economy and the military and the healthcare and the education systems, anything big, institutional, it is ruled by Capricorn, Pluto changing sign or changing directions uh, in that sign can indicate some big hits happening to the status quo in the institutions, right? And all of, I don't think there's anybody around the planet that wouldn't have thought that Israel being a very modern country in terms of how it protects itself, um, it is kind of shocking to see that there was this major lapse of some kind. I don't know what kind, right? And I'm not, this is not a judgment, but a major lapse, they went to sleep at the helm and this happens, right? So some puppet behind the scene was pulling the strings of all of this. And I also believe, honestly, that there's a bigger puppet behind the scenes, right? Think about all the things that have just happened in the week. First of all, we have the ouster here in this country of uh, Kevin McCarthy, who was not, I'm not saying he's a good person, bad person, but he was sort of the gatekeeper that was indeed establishing flow of money to Ukraine and supplies and resources to help keep the um, fighters there free of Russian um, aggression, right? Keeping the, 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 their own autonomy. And then you have this major offensive going on between now Israel and uh, whether you want to say it's Hamas or Hezbollah or is it uh, the the Muslim brotherhood, sisterhood, whatever that whole big thing is, or is there another country behind the scenes? I have to go to Iran, right? I have to think about countries like Iran. Other Middle Eastern states were also shocked. I guess that uh, you know, Saudi Arabia and Syria, those kinds of places, they've been busy with other things. But Iran, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But that's the thing about a Mars square Pluto. You get the feeling that there's something more, something bigger going on, but we can't see it. We don't see it. We see the impact of it in an attack in this case. But we get the sense there's something bigger going on. Is it Iran pulling the strings? Or is it Russia pulling the strings, right? Pulling the strings, right? Watch what's going on over here so that the world isn't focused on what's going on over here. So we have to be very diligent at this point about what is the scheming that's going on 
and what is the attacks that may be coming because of it, right? Now, I don't say any of this to promote fear. Uh, there's enough fear going on right now with the sun moving through the spleen centers. But I, I do say here that there's something bigger for us to look at. Remember, all of this is not happening in some kind of a vacuum, right? We have been experiencing big transits and big um, kinds of aspect patterns uh, happening all summer long and now into the fall. And we have been experiencing them for the last several years. You, If you want to go all the way back to 2016, this is where these big pattern shifts really began. You could go all the way back to 2008 and these big pattern shifts um, happening because of Pluto's entry into Capricorn at the time and how all of that impacts governments or institutions around the world, not just in the U.S., but around the world. And the, what would the purpose be for this? Right? What is the purpose of all of this? Now, I want you to just understand something. When the USA was attacked uh, for 9-11, and this was, people are already saying it, it is Israel's 9-11, um, we had a grand opportunity at that point in time. Once we got beyond the shock and the horror to really look at what was the cause? What was it? What was our own role in the perpetuation of that kind of attack? But we didn't. We didn't look at the role of the U.S. in the world of our policies, of our secret um, machinations behind the scenes of, you know, control, controlling other nations, controlling the uh, oil, controlling the money, blah, blah, blah. We didn't do it. Instead, we did exactly what Netanyahu is doing, and that is attacking right? Retribution, such a Scorpio theme. And here we have on Wednesday, Mars moving into Scorpio. And Pluto and Mars together co-rule Scorpio. Do I think this is over? No. Do I think there's something more that we could have gleaned or learned about ourselves from this? Oh, yes. But the nature of the lower energy of Scorpio is vindictive. It's revengeful. It's angry. And it is um, likely not, I, I can't see the powers that be rising to a higher level and saying, okay, great, how did we participate in the creation of this kind of energy? And then how do we fix it? How can we come together? See, the whole potential of the Libra and Aries axis is love on one side, war on the other, right? That's the whole Aries Libran. Um, potential. But if you look at what an eclipse brings to us, it brings us a game-changing event. We've had a game-changing event. If only we would take up the cause and change the game. And I don't mean by being aggressive and going in and obliterating a people, obliterating a um, part of one's country, right? bad news, right? That's bad news because that is not learning from the whole of the event. And we have to look at the, the fact the south node of the moon is where this eclipse is happening from. The south node takes us back to the past. It takes us back to uh, the potential time period where we can course correct. So 
this attack and you know i i don't make this stuff up right the news is already saying that this is you know like the next step from the uh 1948 um independence of israel and that whole you know israel uh, arab israel war and that this was like this next level thing we still haven't solved the problem we are in reaction so mars so pluto reactive reactive we are not of course they're hurt of course they're shocked of course this is horrific but is it unexpected given what you have been doing to repress these people i i don't know and i also know that it is a pattern of the usa to get involved and of course what are we doing sending ships sending guns sending ammo to the middle east mm -hmm. contributing to the problem not the solution these are learning opportunities right these are turning point opportunities choice points as greg braden would call them where we can choose a different way of behavior we could choose to look at this from the standpoint of peace like what have we created that is causing this problem and how could we look at it in a different way something 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 is an opportunity here but we're not taking the opportunity with anything except our old ways of behavior right the old ways of behavior now so i started to look at the astrology of not just um, mars and uh, uh, pluto but i was also looking at the human design aspects that are going on now remember last week we talked about pluto stationing uh, direct in capricorn and it marks the end of what has been a very intense retrograde period for Mars, for us individually, but also for the world. Now, we thought that Pluto going direct could bring some relief. Is this what we would call relief? I don't know. I think it's a Band-Aid that you rip off and it begins the healing process, perhaps. Um, maybe it would help bring clarity to the source of this problem. But it's not ever going to do that if we don't respond, but instead react. And that's what we're seeing is reactive energy. So it feels more like the, the unseen was empowered um, to do what they did, right? To attack. Now, again, this is not about opinions. This isn't about conspiracy theories which i you know i can't stand i can't stand those people that try to pull in all these underhanded things that are going on it's more about what are we evolving through and from and toward and can we do it consciously right it's when when you're talking opinions and conspiracy theories or even the outright false news that comes through we're talking about this smoke and mirrors because it's hiding the truth and no one really knows what the truth is in this case, right? If you believe one, that means you're not believing the other. It means the other one's totally fake. If you're believing this one over here, then you're saying that this other one is totally fake, which keeps us all very busy in our minds, just doing, doing, talking, talking, thinking, 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 rather than solving rather than evolving 
we must evolve, right? We must find solutions. We can't keep doing the same things and expecting new results. It doesn't happen. You take us to the brink then of another world war perhaps, right? A, a civil war even in, this own, in our own country. It's ridiculous. We have to do something different. And it begins with you and me, us as individuals, right? I, I always like to, you know, I look out at the outer world and I'm like, wow, it's pretty crazy weird out there. Things are happening. But I also like to look at what part of me is playing a role in it, right? I didn't attack Israel. I didn't cause Hamas to do this. But something within me, something within you has allowed this to happen. What is that? And, you know, this is only a question that you can answer for yourself, right? What part of me is out of alignment with peace or what part of me is out of alignment with love? What part of me is participating in this grander scheme of fear, worry, anxiety, pressure, uh, anger in the outer world? What part of me is resonating with that? That's the thing that I can do. I can address this. That's the thing that you can do. You can address that in your own lives. When we can all begin to take care of ourselves instead of meddling in what's going on with everybody else, then we can see some big changes that'll happen on the planet. We'll have the will. We'll have the heart, right? We'll have the desire to see change. But if we don't have the will to even change ourselves, the outer world will continue to show us our disease. And that's what it's doing. It's showing us our disease. It's showing us where we're not willing to evolve. It's showing us our own fear, the fear of other, right? The fear of others, the big one, right? And it's time for us to change all of this or we'll continue to keep creating these attacks, if you will where it only takes two major planets to come into some form of, of alignment, uh, a, a strenuous, challenging alignment in the shadow of an eclipse to create impact in the wider world, right? And lest you believe that you are not involved in all of this, change your thinking. Right, I'm seeing comments out there from people. Christine, we are all connected and everything has an impact. The butterfly effect, I saw another comment that went by, right? Where's forgiveness? Well, I'm getting chills. Where's the push for peace? Where is love? Where is love? It seems to be missing. It seems to be the one component that we absolutely must have to get through these times, and it isn't there. But we can create that in ourselves, right? We, can, we are the micro of the macro, right? You're a micro of the macro, meaning you are the, the single part of the bigger whole. And so you have impact. Right. You have a choice in how you rise to this occasion and uh, or any occasion in your own life that may come up during this period of time. It is kind of a little bit of a crazy time right? that we're in <laughs> right now. 
Now, the biggest aspect, challenging aspect I already talked about was Mars in a square to Pluto. And Mars is the planet of action, war, um, uh, aggression, assertiveness. There's also desire in this, the desire for you name it, more money, more oil, more territory, um, more power, right? It's a power thing. And Pluto is the planet of transformation, intensity, right? There's this intenseness and control. Isn't it interesting that at the time the attack took place, the Earth was in the gate of control? It is the earth in human design that shows you what it is that we have to work through in order to get to the highest expression of the sun. The sun is at the gate 48 at that point in time, which is a fear of inadequacy, but in the highest and best, it's the depth that we all hold, right? The, the well of experiences, the well of wisdom, that we hold as human beings, that we can tap into as the divine beings that we are, or the expression of the divine that we are in physical form. But if we choose to ignore that wisdom, <laughs> we get fireworks, right? We get boom, we get attacks. And then we get retribution. Because you don't really think Israel's gonna turn the other cheek like their Bible professes us to do. Turn the other cheek. And again, it's about finding solutions to these problems, right? Why do people fight? It's usually because one side feels left out, unacknowledged, unrecognized, inferior, or marginalized in some way. And the aggressor side is the, the marginalizer right? But they're also in fear, fear that they're going to lose control of territory. They're going to lose control of their religion. They're going to lose control of their freedom. Any number of reasons, right? They're always something to do with those things, a fight for resources, uh, a fight for freedom, uh, a fight for um, acknowledgement, being seen. And that is definitely what has been going on, you know, throughout all of this. Now, when these two signs, when these two signs, but also these two planets come together, we can have disharmony, we can have injustice, we can have manipulation, we can have war. We have the inability to compromise, to come to the table, to find peace, to find a path forward, right? Um, you know, it's not lost on me either that Saturn is in Pisces, a sign of higher spiritual authority, a sign of uh, unconditional love, um, a sign of peace, of surrender to our higher power. And Saturn, the planet of boundaries and Pisces, a sign, a, a sign of no boundaries, right? So we have, we have the blurring lines between boundaries and all of that. Um, and the boundaries in respect to one another, uh, about, if you distill this down, it's a boundary issue, right? It's a boundary issue. 
And the need here is for us, the highest that this can bring is a path toward cooperation. It's a path to compromise. It's a path to integrity, to being within uh, a sort of integrity state, being able to do what's right, you know, and what is good for the bigger number of people. And detaching from our old thoughts and our old beliefs, detaching from our old behaviors for all that matters, right? And doing something different. Now, Mars in human design right now is sitting at the gate 50. So remember, back in late September, we began talking about how not only is the sun getting ready to start moving through the gates of the spleen, but the inner planets as well, starting with Mars, then moving to Mercury, and then eventually on to Venus. Well, Mars has already been moving through all of the gates of the spleen. He's now at the gate 50, or he is until today, and then he shifts. And the gate 50 makes it a time for us to become aware of our nurturing protection of our tribe, of our family, in this case, a country, right, of our, um, our responsibilities to one another, right? And we may feel a strong sense of responsibility or a fear of, uh, that our, our duty to our family or our tribe is, um, isn't happening, right? We're, we're failing in our responsibility or in our duty to our people. That's certainly a part of this whole thing, right? It's the, the question that nobody's, they're asking the question, but, you know, in, in favor of actually de dealing with the attack, there's how did this happen? How could this failure of intelligence within Israel allow this to happen, right? This is how did they fail in their responsibility to protect their people? I can't make this up. <laughs> this is like totally feeling um, the astrology, living astrology, right? Either living human design, living astrology, it's all the same. And here we have to be very careful not to go down the slippery slope of defending of uh, ourselves or over defending ourselves. I'm not saying that we don't require some form of defense. Um, but what we can see very clearly from pictures of the uh, the area where all of this was happening, is that is Israel's profound defense mechanisms failed. What does that say about defense? It says that it's fallible. It says that the best way to defend oneself is to empower oneself and empower the people around you. It's something that our minds can't wrap around very easily because in our DNA, literally, we are still dealing with survival energies. It's in your DNA. It's evolving as time goes on. But in our very DNA is the surge energy of protection, is the surge energy of defense, is the very survival energy that has kept us alive right, has caused humanity to thrive in the face of all kinds of different pressures through time. So here we need to be careful about going too far to the protection side, right? When 
do you let go of the need to be protection oriented and instead become empowering for people to be accountable for themselves? That's the, the main thrust of the gate 50 where Mars sits. Now, transiting Pluto is at gate 60 called the gate of limitation. And this is a very powerful transformative influence that Pluto is placing on us at this gate and has been all year long and will until next year. In fact, I was looking at, I got my 2024 ephemeris for human design and I didn't see Pluto moving out of the gate he does briefly move out of the gate of, of limitation into the gate of imagination on uh, in April, but then he retrogrades and back into the gate 60 where he spends pretty much the rest of the year of 2024 in the gate 60. So this is energy that we have not mastered yet and all the way through December. Yep, we're going to be dealing with the same energy, this energy of limitation. Now, Pluto is the planet of death and rebirth, right? He takes us on that voyage through the underside, through the dark, through the scheming, through the unseen, through the manipulation. And then he brings us into a rebirth status, right? The ability to change it all. This event is a call, is an opportunity for us to do things differently, right? To be different, to let go of what no longer is serving us on this planet. And to embrace the true potential of what in this Libran uh, eclipse would be peace, diplomacy, love, relationship, positive relationship, win-win relationships. Will we do it? Now, the gate 60 is the gate of limitation, and it teaches us to accept our limitations of the form of the material world, of the physical realm but to use the limitation as a catalyst for creativity and for innovation. You know, Pluto heading next into Aquarius, innovation. We're heading toward the ability to be more innovative, to be more humanitarian, to be more human focused. It's why you're kind of seeing right now and trust me when I say I don't really like this, what I'm seeing, but it's there. We're seeing this sort of blowback against democracy in favor of these people who step forward as authoritarian. They want to control everything, right? So they, they think if we limit power to only a few, in this country, the plutocracy, right, the wealthy, that we would have a better world. Think about that when you go to the polls this year. Who's trying to keep us in democracy? Who's trying to push us into authoritarianism? Who's trying to take rights away? Who has taken your rights away already in some respects versus who is fighting to keep your rights? And I'm not talking politics and parties exactly, but people, take the people that are involved here. Because here is the crisis of faith energy. Here is the breakdown of the structures and forms of our lives, of our governments, of our world, but also the potential for breakthroughs into new energies, into new ways of being, into new states of togetherness or of um, being 
players on this planet, right? And we may feel this pressure to change or to evolve. And we should, we should evolve, should. Let's take should out of here. We are evolving. We must evolve. But we can also find ourselves and other people in resistance and struggle. So you're seeing this titanic struggle on one side, uh, on the other side for evolution and breakthroughs. So big deal, right? So here we, as mere mortals, must trust the process and surrender to our soul's higher knowing of what it is that we're here to do. What part are we playing in all of this? How can I break through? How can I evolve? right? Because I can't control what the people in the outer world do. I can only control myself. All right. Now, I also wanted to point out that Earth during this time, during the attack time, was at gate 21, the gate of control. And this is uh, energy that sits, lives in the will or ego center of human design. It is an energy of force, of will and that force of will is put toward controlling situations controlling people controlling outcomes it is tribal energy so it's ancient energy in, in terms of human design we have collective energy we have tribal energy and we have individual energy it's all together in different circuits that are collections of gates that run through the energy of your human design and this is an economic tribal gate influence, money, resources, power, all underneath all of this. Now, the earth next moves this week, today, today, the earth moves into the gate 51, the gate of shock, the gate of awakening. And this happening across the love and war axis. an amazing call for us to behave in, in a higher way. You know, can we call upon the powers that be in Israel to find peace? I don't know if that they broke the peace. I don't, I don't want to say blame because that is just more of the old. But who could step up? Who could step up and say, okay, enough is enough. People are dying. We're destroying ourselves. We're destroying not just the peace between these two parts of Israel, but we're destroying the peace of the Middle East, of Europe, of the greater uh, Asian continent. Ultimately, all of the continents on the planet begin to feel the reverberations of this. So how could we be different? How could we say, okay, we get it, right? Something's got to give. Do we have to go to war and destroy you? It seems like they're hell-bent on doing that, which is more of the same, not anything new. Ah, if only they would listen, right? If only someone would say, okay, wait a minute. I'm going to look at this from a different angle. I'm going to look at this from the perspective of God or source, even from the religion that you all hold so freaking dear. Look at it from that perspective. I don't know. I just don't know. But we have the opportunity. And I can't control what they do. But I can control me.
Gate 57, the sun will be at, is at starting today. And this is the power of intuition. This is the powder, power of our being able to affect the subtle energies, the field, the morphogenetic fields, if you will, the field of energy. If we all got together, and it doesn't have to be the whole entire world, you know, there's the, the hundredth monkey thing, right? We, a certain percentage of us focusing energies of love and peace and gratitude and forgiveness into the field causes the field to start to generate that energy, to reverberate through that energy or to vibrate at that, that uh, higher vibration. So you can do something right? We can put out love, we can put out peace, we can put out forgiveness. And we can uh, impact maybe the um, power of love instead of the power of war. Okay. So much, so much that we could be thinking of here. The gate 57 is also the most psychic gate. And it's fear is of the future. I dare say that people in uh, Gaza and uh, in Israel are a little bit afraid right now of what the future holds, right? The future for them holds more war, perhaps. Um, death, destruction. I can see where that fear is. And, you know, for the rest of us around the world, we've got to be thinking about who's next or what's next, <laughs> especially with the earth sitting at the gate of shock for the next week and you know what's the potential for more earthquakes we haven't even talked about the major earthquake that happened in Afghanistan which killed what 2500 people so far or 2000 people something a huge number which we already saw happen in Morocco which we saw happen in Turkey like we've seen that whole area shaken up shaken shaken and shaken if it isn't from the earth herself it's from war it's from attacks, it's from control energy, power hungry energy. It's crazy. But 51, where the earth is, is also called the gate of courage at times. And the courage where we must face and overcome our fears and move towards spirit because the 51 is opposing the 25. The 25 is called the gate of spirit. It's called the gate of the love of spirit. Love dwells opposing the shock. So from the shock, then what we would say is the awakening, the need for us to have courage to do is to face things through the veil of love instead of war, or instead of anger, instead of revenge or retribution, through forgiveness. We have to be willing to do it, though. It's on the will center. Again, the 51 is on the will center, the heart center, the ego center. The part of us that got cut off from the identity center, which is the seat of the soul. It's the dual role that we play on the planet here, right? With the will, heart, ego center, different names, same center, cut off from the identity center, the seat of the soul, and periodically connected by transits. Or somebody could be born with that activated in their own chart. And it tells us a lot about what it is we need to do. We need to seal or heal the breach, right? The breach between the ego that is fearful, that is offering what it thinks is of, of as protection, 
defense. And we need to seal that with the breach where love sits from the perspective of the soul, right? So that's where we are. That's where we are right now. And the gate 51 can also be a catalyst for transformation within ourselves, but also within the world. It can be a source of stress and anxiety, trauma, trauma and drama. And depending on how we react or respond to the shocks we encounter. Again, I can't make this up. This is the astrology of the moment. It's kind of amazing when we think about what is the potential that we could get through this from that higher perspective. Could we? You bet we could. It's in our very DNA to be able to do this. It's in our evolution that we're moving in that direction. It is in our human design. It is in our astrology. It is in our galactic astrology that we would eventually grow up and mature into loving beings. Now, it doesn't mean we won't have problems. It doesn't mean we won't have challenges. It doesn't mean that there won't be other opportunities to awaken when those challenges appear because face it you know we're seven and a half billion people on this planet not everybody is going to do what i'm saying and go into love energy so we're still going to hit the shocks we're still going to hit those times when we are attacked or we um, feel like being the attackers right so the opportunity is for us to start taking responsibility for ourselves being accountable for your own self and how you are approaching shock in your own life or traumas or dramas in your own life. Do you clam up and get fearful and shut down and come in? This is what the USA does, right? We are a very cancer country. And when something happens to us, we go into lockdown protection mode, attack mode, ready to use our big cancer pinchers to cut you down to size. When we look at Israel, it's a Taurus country. It, if you go to the date in uh, 1948, when they uh, formed the country, it is Taurus energy. So Taurus energy is also second to cancer in terms of protection and security and defense, right? Interesting, just interesting. And here we are also looking at the final uh, eclipse on October 28th across the Scorpio-Taurus um, axis in the charts. So does that show us how short of a time this can be? Or does it show us that there's this drawn out nature to the energies? Ishka. I don't even wanna go there. Then on top of this, we also have transiting Vir uh, Venus now in Virgo, a sign of her fall. So where we need the Venus principle would be for love, right? To be for peace, to, to really back up the Libran eclipse because Venus also rules Libra. And we have Venus in Virgo and she's opposing transiting Saturn in Pisces. And it's a challenging aspect that can bring up a whole lot of insecurity, inadequacy, loneliness, lots of, of, of those kinds of things can be happening 
not only in us as individuals, but as we can see, it can also be triggered in a nation who has an astrology chart or who has a human design. It wouldn't be a human design chart. It would be a design chart, right? And they have an evolutionary path, right? Everybody, every nation has an evolutionary path. We might feel right now like we have to work harder to get anything done or to um, in some way uh, find obstacles on our path to getting to, to love, getting to that higher spiritual energy. It's a time for us all to be realistic and practical, but not pessimistic or harsh, right? We already can see the response coming from Israel as sort of harsh. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying there's got to be a better way. <laughs> there's got to be a better way. Now, for all of us, Venus and Virgo can help us utilize more of our self-discipline. It can help us to be more organizational in the way that we do things, efficient, perhaps, in the way that we work. Um, it is a time for us to show our commitment to uh, those who matter to us the most. And we should avoid being overly perfectionistic or rigid or stuck in the rut we don't want to alienate ourselves from others or to create some unnecessary stress in our lives. It's not necessary. We have enough, right? So we have to try to balance while Venus is in Virgo. We have to try to balance our sense of duty and responsibility with our need for love and pleasure, right? We don't all work and no play, right? Is not the balance. We have to balance both, right? All right. Now, later this week, uh, we have later this week it's like thursday uh we have transiting mars in scorpio now at that point um in a trine to saturn in pisces now this can bring profound transformation and healing it it's a trine right and it's in water so we have the potential for some real next level good stuff happening um it can represent Mars, in this case, representing our drive, our passion, and our courage. He's now in, a, he'll be in a sign that he rules or co-rules along with Pluto. And he's in a sign that is depth and passion and intensity, regeneration. And then we have Saturn. Saturn in, uh, is the planet of discipline, of structure and form, karma. There's karma on the whole picture here too. While Pisces, where Saturn is transiting through, is the sign of spirituality, compassion, and surrender. And when these two planets, Mars and Saturn, form a trine, we have the opportunity to channel our energy into positive and constructive and meaningful ways, right? Or meaningful, constructive, compassionate activities that can benefit both ourselves, but others. The, the world around us. We can also face our fears and our wounds, our dreams and our visions, our hopes. We can deepen our connection with, the, in, with our intuition, with our higher self, with spirit. We can let go, release what no longer serves us. It is what I see as an intervention, an angelic intervention perhaps, that comes between now and the attacks and the eclipse. Interesting, right?
Solar eclipses were also seen throughout history as a time when leaders fell. When leaders fell. And um, in Israel, Netanyahu had already, and his very right-leaning um, political cronies, had already been able to pass laws that were not seen as positive in the country itself. So he wasn't a popular character. Take that and think about it however you want. Does this restore his popularity and allow him to get away with the things that he wants to do to clamp down, control his people, to control the government more? Or does this bring him down? Eclipses often bring leaders down. We'll have to wait and see what happens here. Uh, oh, goodness. It's a good thing I looked at this. I forgot to plug in my laptop and it's almost dead. There we go. We're safe now. Uh, okay, what else did I need to talk about today? Um, I wanted to, so we did that love and war axis, the, the sun uh, still moving through the spleen center. Now Mercury is also um, in on the act on the 7th. He was in the gate 18, the uh, the 7th being the day of, uh, of the attack by Hamas. And that gate is a gate that's engendering the fear of perfection. It's an interesting place for Mercury to be. It is a lapse of communication here, perhaps. And then, you know, he's there for a couple of days. And starting today, he moves into the gate 48. So now it's about the inadequacy. It is about the lapses. It's about what we didn't do about what should have happened that didn't happen. Uh, it's going to be an interesting time, uh, certainly with uh, these inner planets hitting all of those different gates on the spleen that talk about fear or paralysis, where we have a bit of an insanity problem, right? Because we keep reacting from fear instead of responding from love. It seems so easy, doesn't it? We can choose choices, react from fear, respond from love. Which one are you going to choose? All right. Let's see here. Uh, I'm sorry. I've been ignoring everybody's comments this morning. Oh, and there have been a lot of them. No doubt I triggered a whole lot of people here. Good morning, Pam Zaruba and Tara Messner. Great to see you. JLo, hello. Tom, good to see you out there. Terry, hello. Christine and Teddy. Amy D, good morning to you. Peggy Doyle, hello. Amanda J, good morning. Asa, good to have you with us. Leslie, good to see you. She says KCP said it divinely yesterday. KCP, KCP, KCP. I don't know who KCP is. These energies in and of themselves are neither good nor bad, but what is happening is the lowest of the low expressions of the not self. Yes. I hope there is a peaceful resolution very, very soon. We would hope. We would hope. Uh, it's the Kazarian Mafia pulling all the strings. Don't believe me. Look it up. I have no idea what you're talking about there, Tom. Sounds like a conspiracy theory. Natasha, good morning. Blessings to all. She said, I had a dream, a flood, but it was a clean flood. So I took it as my emotions need to be looked at to be discerned through. Ooh, I like that. I do like that. And on top of that all, we had an earthquake here last night. 4.2 centered, oh, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, 25 miles away. 
um, I didn't feel it as an earthquake, but I heard it as something rattling at my windows, which I thought was just the wind blowing something. And then my daughter texts me and says, Mom, did you feel that earthquake? I'm like, nope, didn't feel it, but I heard it. I heard it. Uh, interesting, it was not a big one. But it was something that I looked at, or, and a major of earthquake I looked at, uh, specifically for Washington State, because Washington is a Scorpio state. We have Mars moving into, we have um, some very interesting dynamics that are a mirror right now of the same aspects that were occurring in 1700 when a 9.0 earthquake on the Cascadian subduction zone occurred and sent a major tsunami both inland and outward toward Japan. And it's recorded in Japanese history, it's recorded in Native American history. Not, not many people were living here except Native Americans at that time. And I see the same astrological signature. And then I'm like, wow, okay. And that's repeating on October 14th. Uh-huh. Yeah. Are we looking at another major earthquake? I don't know. I'm not going into fear over it all, but it's certainly interesting to look at, right? Um, okay, Christine Netanyahu encroached and stole land and destroyed homes. I wish we were not going there. No doubt, right? And again, I'm not saying I, uh, it's not about the right or the wrongness of it. It's the thing, it's the pattern that keeps repeating itself. It keeps repeating because we keep responding or reacting versus responding to these things that show up like this. And uh, yeah. Teddy, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. Oh, I love that. Uh, good morning and thank you for the reminder, Janet from Narges. Um, da, 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 keep emitting love and gratitude and keep sending it out. Indeed, Tom, absolutely. This is where our power lies, right? Gratitude and love and peace and our ability to tap into that and send it out through the field. Uh, Amy D, we all need to raise our vibration. Yes, we do. Um, those holding all of the power and wealth are fighting tooth and nail to hold on to it at any cost, right? Yep, 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 yep. In the face of a world that is changing, raising its vibration, right? This is really the clashing of titanic energies, titanic energies of the masculine and the feminine, of the hierarchy and versus the, um, as uh, uh what's his name, Richard Rudd would say, the synarchy, how can we all rule together instead of the hierarchy where there's this authoritarian that is sending, you know, orders on down the line. <sighs> Treat yourself, Julie, good morning. And Teddy says, heard we now have a ninth planet bigger than Earth that takes thousands of years. Yeah, that's not new. We've heard that for a very long time. And the ninth, the, we, it was actually called the 10th planet. Uh, and it's only the ninth now because they demoted Pluto. Irene from Sweden, good to see you with us. Debbie Tippett's two meal. Dang, I didn't think you had a show today being a holiday. I guess it is sort of a holiday for the kids in school and the government. But Janet didn't get to take this one off. Um, Christine says the world will keep on being better for them. I'm not sure who them is. Maybe all of us as we all tap in to love. Tom, why go to the polls? What about the rest of Europe and the world? I've got nothing against the polls. 
I don't know what you're talking about there. Amanda J, we must use our critical thinking skills. We have to use our heart. The critical thinking skills got us into trouble. Thinking only logically and through patterns got us into trouble. Well, let's say it this way, Amanda, we have to balance critical thinking with heart. We have to be the balance. Libra, balance. Um, ba, ba, ba. What else? Peggy Doyle, we had our own small earthquake here last night, right? Off Marrowstone and felt it in LaConnor. Yep, I felt it. I did not feel it here, which is so weird. I just heard it. But it was also kind of breezy last night. And Terry has this like Halloween caution sign hanging on uh, off one of our windows. And I thought it was the wind blowing it against the window. I didn't think of it as an earthquake. So there we go. More earthquakes coming, apparently. Keep the faith, indeed. Julie, oh my God, I had no idea about Afghanistan. My friend's sister survived Turkey's quake. It's so sad as she has PTSD from the worst earthquake ever. She even had a stroke after it. Oh, but is doing better and has family. That is so good. In Iran, they are holding their faith. You know, the thing is, we have to stop looking at these other countries as other, right? It's real easy to fall into this trap. We've done it, you know, between the races. We do it between religion, religious beliefs. We do it from nation to nation. Otherness, not a good plan uh, because we're all one. <laughs> we are all one. Underneath it all, we all want the same things. We want love. We want peace. We want to be able to thrive. We want our children to be able to grow and be prosperous and to be good citizens in the next, you know, and for them to go on and have children and blah, blah, blah. Uh, what is the house, the sign, the gate of faith, of universal love, of peace? Tom asks. That would be kind of the ninth house. We could look at that as Pisces and Sagittarian energy. And ergo, we have the planet Jupiter engaged in that. Uh, like the song says, you're stuck in the middle with you. I'm stuck in the middle with me. We're stuck in the middle with us. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Um, yeah, lots of comments. Jolie Evans. Hello. It's been a long time since we've seen you with us. Praying for peace, she says, and wishing more women ruled the world. I don't know. Some women can be pretty catty, though. I mean, we, we, we need to find the highest and best. Somebody needs to embody the best of masculine and, and feminine energies. Blah, blah, blah. Quarantine sign. Okay, Terry, that's what it was. I thought it said caution. And let's pull some cards. Thank you, Pam, for that A segue. I've got two decks out this morning. My cat just scared the crap out of me. I thought she had a mouse she was chasing. But it, it was a mouse, but it was a fake one. <laughs> All right. I have the Halloween Oracle, which I haven't gotten to use much lately because it hasn't been near Halloween. So we're going to use this one this morning. And for my sister-in-law, her special request was an angel card. So I have Kyle Gray's deck, the Angel Guide Oracle. So let's start with a Halloween card, shall we? Halloween, of course, is a reminder or the uh, impending Halloween time is a reminder that the veils between the living and the not living are very thin and that there's always this energy at this time of year, it seems, of transformation. And these cards can sometimes help us with that. And here's what I got. The lamp. And it says remembrance. I'm just talking about remembering. And there we go. Remembrance. The lamp. So let's see if what this card means. 
And uh, is that going to be under T for the? No, remembrance R. <laughs> no. Oh, L, lamp. Uh, the lamp, there we go. I light a single candle within a lamp for you, a single flame in the darkness that reflects my heart so true. Whilst it is a tradition to carve a jack-o'-lantern to scare away the spirits, it was an older tradition still to light a candle or a lamp on Halloween night and leave it at the window as a loving guide home for those who have passed, both as a symbol of remembrance and also as a kind of leaving the lights on for those who may wish to come home. The lamp was left on to illuminate the night and perhaps even the sadness that was felt because of the passing. This card reminds us that it is a positive thing to remember those who have passed by celebrating their life rather than mourning their death. For those with whom we did not have an easy relationship or even those we did not like, leave us with valuable lessons. Sometimes we learn more from our nemesis than we do from our friends. And so the darkness can illuminate our strengths and our true values so that we can live them more clearly and fully. Turn the light on. Leave the light on. All right, got that. Now let's do a Kyle Gray and see what the angels have to say. Tom says, happy Thanksgiving. And yes, it's a holiday today, eh? <laughs> okay, I think it's Canadian Thanksgiving. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, I know it says on my calendar that this is Columbus Day or Indigenous Peoples Day um, and Thanksgiving Day in Canada. Hey, all three things are there on my calendar. Uh, but I could have sworn that it was actually October 12th. We shall see. This is what the angels want us to know. Sacred plan. Look at this beautiful card. Right? Tapping into a high-powered energy stream there. So sacred plan. And this is the message. Here we get a message and then an extended message. So it's quite a lot. So listen well. This card doesn't represent the plan that God has for your life, more the plan that comes to fruition based on your intentions and your highest good. You have been given the incredible gift of free will and therefore your thoughts, deeds, actions, and intentions are in some way going out into the universe and curating the experiences, opportunities, and energies that are flowing in and out of your life. When this card appears, you are being encouraged to move into a state of surrender where you recognize that, yes, your intentions have an impact on the creation of your life, but how those intentions unfold is not down to you, but in the hands of God. The divine plan is your intention unfolding in a way that the universe feels is for your growth and highest good. Know that every experience you have been through in your life has been a way marker on your journey towards growth and expansion, and your angels are acknowledging your growth now. If you are trying to force a plan into action, the angelic guidance is to back down and trust in the higher, greater good. Often when something isn't happening for us, we're frustrated, but that's only because we don't see that our perfect plan, in quotes, is unfolding. When your ideas or plans go wrong, trust that the universe has a greater plan for you, and that greater plan isn't something that has already been chosen for you. It's more of a culmination of all of your life's intentions, prayers, and actions washing back towards you with opportunities and experiences. Call on your angels to light up the path ahead. You may feel that you are facing the unknown, but know that you are always guided and protected. Sacred plan and the lamp. Two very powerful cards for us for the week. 
Okay, that is it for me today. I will see you all on Friday. Let's see, Friday will be the 13th, Terry and Teddy's birthday. And by the way, we also have Asa's birthday on the 11th. So best wishes, love, gratitude to all of you. And there are probably tons of you out there listening. I tend to attract Libras who are having birthdays this week. Much love to all of you. And I will, even though it's Terry's birthday, see you on Friday morning. Thank you all. Take care. Bye for now. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.